Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well. All is well in heaven, and nothing is well in hell. Um, And uh, I pray that you are growing stronger during this time. God has made us soldiers of Christ, not to be discouraged, not to be depressed, not to be um, down, not to give up, never, ever, 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 ever give up. I think I've told the story of Winston Churchill, who was thrown out of his uh, high school, I think it was, and um, and now he's uh, Prime Minister of England, and he was brought back to speak to the boys, all-boys school, and they gave him a 20-minute introduction, um, just praised him to the skies. And But he came back to speak to the school he was thrown out of and where people said he'll never amount to anything. And so he said to those young, after that 20-minute introduction, he said to those young men, young men, never give up. Never give up. Never, 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 never give up. And he left. That was his entire speech after a 20-minute introduction. Never give up, because that's what he did. He never gave up. That's what we do, beloved. We never give up no matter what. We belong to Christ, and blessed be God, our Lord did not give up. He went all the way to the cross. The writer to the Hebrew says, despising the shame, went all the way to the cross for for us, for us men and our salvation, for us, beloved. If you're tempted to give up on your marriage, on the church, on your job, don't do it. Never, ever, ever give up. Triple your efforts and give it all you've got, and God will do the rest. I know that. I've lived through that. I know that. Never, ever, 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 ever give up. So, there is, uh, hold on just a moment. Um, okay, there's an article um, I wanted to read to you, but it's from the Catholic World Report, and it follows the Roe v. Wade uh, decision. And the title of the article uh, from uh, yesterday, actually, is What is Truth? Catholic Responses to Pro-Choice Objections. What is Truth? Um, And it begins in response to Pilate's question, what is truth? We can answer that truth is the conformity of the mind to reality. In opposing the spacious arguments of the pro-choice movement, we can have confidence that the truth is on our side, That is, if we are on God's side. Although it helps to think through the arguments of the other side. 
So following, um, they list seven pro-choice objections, which um, can provide, the article says, a primer for thinking about how you would witness to the reality of human life. And you know, if I would take one tact in speaking to pro-choice people, who, which is pro-murder, um, after this Roe v. Wade, and they're raving, and they're raving mad, and they think they've been violated, and their rights have been violated, but they haven't. I would say, where did you ever get the right to murder? Where did you ever get the right to murder? The only rights we have are given from God, and God never gave us that right. Thou shalt not kill is his commandment. We have no right to murder. We have not taken anyone's rights away. You may claim you have a right, but you're just a created being. It means nothing. God is the one who created us, and God is the one who gives us rights. And our Constitution says we have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We don't have a right to kill. So wherever you got that from, dear pro-choice people, um, it's a fantasy. It's a fairy tale. It doesn't exist. No one has a right to kill. No one, no human being has a right to kill another human being. And what I would say before all of this, before answering these um, objections, is that when you speak to pro-choice people, or if you're giving a talk, or whatever it is, be kind. Don't argue on their level. Don't holler back. Don't uh, give curse for curse. You are a Christian. You are a bearer of the Christ. And you need to speak and act as a Christian. The article says the following seven pro-choice objections can provide a primer for thinking about how you would witness to the reality of human life. But beloved, we need to teach the truth in love. We are commanded to do that, to teach the truth in love. Um, People may not be drawn by your argument, no matter how brilliant it is, and no matter how true it is, they may not be drawn by that. But they may very well be drawn by your love by your self-control, by your confidence. That's what drew me initially so many years back in the 70s when I it was absolutely Jewish, and I'm still absolutely Jewish. I'm the most Jewish a Jew could be as a Catholic. He is our Lord, the Jewish Messiah, is the fulfillment of Judaism and the full measure of Christianity. And in the church, the Catholic church he established on earth. But in the 70s, I thought... Uh, anyone who believed in Christ, or particularly Jewish people who believed that he was the Messiah, were troubled, very troubled people. Um, And I met some of these troubled people, and I despised what they believed. I despised what they were doing. I despised that they were spreading their horror of error and leading other people astray. I despised it all. But I spent a year and a half trying to figure out what these people were about. And the reason I spent that time with them, Jews for Jesus in Los Angeles, with Mitch Glazer at the time, at the head of that little flock, um, um, was because I knew what they lived for is what they would die for. And that, I thought, is the only thing on earth worth checking out. And how did I know that? 
because of their character, of their calmness, of their confidence, of their patience, of the relentless hours they spent with me, calmly, patiently, loving me, um, not arguing, arguing, not cursing, not putting me down, not putting uh, beliefs against Christ down, but teaching. That's what we need to do. Let people be drawn by your character, by your Christian life. So here is the first of the seven pro-choice arguments that we are given, mostly these seven. Number one, we do not know when life begins. That's the objection. But on the contrary, the answer is, and these are very short little paragraph answers, Roe v. Wade employed this falsehood to justify its decision, even though it is a basic fact of biology that an independent organism begins to exist at the moment of conception. Independent, beloved. Independent organism begins to exist at the moment of conception. It is true that before the 19th century there was debate about the exact mode and timing of how the human person developed, but the German scientist Oskar Hedwig determined the nature of sexual reproduction through fertilization in 1876. From this moment, there is no scientific debate on the origin of human life, and every textbook will present the moment of fertilization as the origin of human life. It's not a religious issue, beloved. It's biological. The second argument, my body, my choice. This mantra, my body, my choice, assumes that the conceived child is simply a part of the mother's body. Since we know that human life does begin, biologically speaking, at the moment of conception, there is a distinct human organism within the mother's body. It is true that this child can only survive independence upon independence upon the mother, but this is also true of young children and anyone who is vulnerable. In fact, there is no such thing as a completely autonomous human being. The third objection. Stop pushing your religious views on me. This argument assumes that opposition from abortion stems solely from faith. It is true that our faith teaches us that murder, the intentional killing of an innocent human being, is wrong. But it is also clear, a clear precept of the natural law. Abortion is wrong by its very nature because it violates the inherent dignity of the human person as a rational being. We can explain the evil of abortion without reference to faith. Even though faith and reason are in agreement on this point, when the government not only allows but also supports the destruction of human life, the rule of law becomes undermined and even arbitrary. There's the music for our first break, beloved. You are welcome, as always, to call in anytime during this hour, toll-free or text 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Hello. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. There's no better way to start your day than with spiritual formation from inspiring priests. If we don't live our lives the way they're supposed to be lived, if we don't use what God has given us the way it's supposed to be used, no wonder it doesn't function. And that we're frustrated and that we're suffering and that there's chaos. That's Sermons for Everyday Living weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. You can also catch a bonus encore Saturdays at noon Eastern. God bless you. Keep the faith. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are reading an article from the um, Catholic World Report uh, on the response uh, to Roe v. Wade and the seven objections uh, to um, on the part of pro-choice people. And you know what I just did? I just misplaced the article. Here it is. I got it again. So seven pro-choice um, arguments, objections, um, and again, um, uh, the biggest one to me is, is um, well, my body, my choice is, um, it's false, no one has a right. It, you don't have a choice of what to do with another person's body, even though that person exists within the mother. You do not have that choice. Um, you existed within your mother, uh, all these pro-choice women um, or men. You existed within your mother, and no one, your mother, may have made the choice to abort you. She didn't if you're alive, or maybe you survived an abortion. Um, but if she chose to kill you, she chose it by her own um, uh uh, false, I'll use a weak word, false reasoning. She had. She would have had no right to kill you. 
and and you can bless God that she did not kill you. So we have the seven objections. We do not know when life begins, and we do. Uh, we have a firm scientific proof of that. Since 1876, we said that. Um, and uh, the, the issue of my body, my choice, assumes that the conceived child is a part, simply a part of the mother's body, and um, that's not true. At the moment of conception, there is a distinct human organism within the mother's body, distinct. It is true that this child can only survive independence on the mother, but that's also true of young children who are born um, from the mother's womb. <clears throat> Number three, stop pushing your religious views on me. We've shown that this is not a religious argument. It can be. It can be a religious ar- argument because God is our creator, and he said, thou shalt not kill. Um, but it's a biological argument as well. And the number four, what if the mother's life is in danger? It is never permissible to kill an innocent human being for any reason. That's the answer. What if the mother will die giving birth? That's up to her creator. It is never permissible to kill an innocent human life for any reason. The church also recognizes the legitimacy of taking action to save the life of the mother even if it may result in the death of the unborn child, the foreseen but unintended death of the child is not what is chosen directly, for the moral choice is to save of the life of the mother, a principle called double effect. This would not be an abortion, because the child is not killed. There is no procedure directly killing the child even though he may die as a consequence of a necessary treatment to save the life of the mother. Number five, no one should be forced to have a child. Oh my goodness. No one should be forced to have a child. And the response in our culture, we have changed our understanding of the purpose of human sexuality. Today we understand sexuality almost solely from the viewpoint of personal fulfillment. Although we know that sex is regularly misused to exploit others, engaging in sexual intercourse is ordered intrinsically toward procreation and the raising of children because it is so foreign to the mainstream way of thinking. This is a hard truth to accept for many people. However, it is a vitally necessary one to reorder the many distortions of sexuality and point us back to the reality. I think, beloved, just to take an aside here, um, Bishop Fulton Sheen, um, I think he's now venerable. I'm not sure what stage of his uh, uh, canonization process uh, we're at. But he, he said, what if, what if all of a sudden um, people started walking around with their eyes uh, blindfolded and their ears plugged up? They couldn't see, they couldn't hear, uh, they would be getting killed crossing streets, they'd be bunking into buildings, they, all of that. And the Catholic Church would say, uh, it's wrong to blindfold your eyes 
And to plug up your ears, it's wrong. Doesn't it make sense why these organs were given to you to see and to hear? And protesters would say the Catholic Church is against eye control. The Catholic Church is against ear control. And Bishop Sheen said it sure is because God gave us eyes to see and ears to hear. And so when people are against um, birth control and all of that, um, or they practice birth control, any Catholic that practices conception of any um, uh contraception rather against conception any catholic that practices contraception is in mortal sin absolutely mortal sin and you have excommunicated yourself from the church you need to go to confession and repent and no longer use a contraceptive bishop sheen said of course the catholic church is against birth control Uh, doesn't it make sense, like eye control and ear control, doesn't it make sense why God gave you these organs for life, not to plug up? Um, And it's right. It just simply makes sense. Um, The next objection, number six, what about cases of rape and incense, Uh, rather incest? The victim of rape or incest has experienced terrible violence. The answer to this violence is not to pass it on to another innocent person and thus become a perpetrator of violence. This will not help in the healing process, but will actually cause more harm to the mother through the violence of abortion. This points to the reality that abortion causes trauma for women and itself requires a process of healing and forgiveness. Adoption may be the best option in these cases. Beloved, I, I can't count the number of women who I know and who have come to me because they've had an abortion and maybe they've returned to their faith or their conscience has um, become alive or whatever it is and they, they just live in depression the rest of their lives or in terrible, terrible regret because they've killed a child that is theirs and that they'll never know. They took the life of a child. So Mother Teresa says, um, you do any amount of violence and kill a child so that you may have what you want. And there are very few women, very, well, I, I can't say for the majority, who do not wind up regretting a decision that cannot be reversed for sure. When someone's been raped, um, or uh, however uh, had um, a child through incest, those two things are horrors. But why should the child be murdered because of it? The seventh reason, constitutional freedom demands access to abortion. Roe v. Wade used the reasoning of the prior decision on contraception from Griswold v. Connecticut that argued there was a right to privacy in the Constitution, although no such right can be found there. This fa- people just make things up, and they make up signs, and people think they're legitimate. They're not. This fabricated right... Um, that there was a right to privacy in the Constitution. 
This fabricated right became the basis of the argument that the state should not interfere with issues related to human sexuality. Roe v. Wade does acknowledge that the state has a vested interest in the birth of new citizens, and we tend to overlook the relationship of children to the common good, in part because of our distorted understanding of sexuality. Although the health of a nation depends upon the willingness of its citizens to raise a family, it is also a path to genuine happiness, which is found in giving the giving of ourselves for others. That's the end of the article, beloved. We have no right, we have no right to kill another human being, whether that human being is in our body or outside our body or whatever it is. We have no right to do that. You exist because your mother did not kill you in her womb um, because it was not her body, her choice. It was your body. And she did have the choice to kill you, but she didn't have a right to kill you. No one has a right to kill you from the moment of conception on. We are full human beings at the very moment of conception that's been biologically, medically proven. It is not, yet do we believe that as religion? Uh, in part of our religion, of course, we believe that God has created everyone. And people in the Old Testament, particularly the case of Onan, was put to death by God for simply wasting his seed. For simply wasting his seed. You can read the story. God is absolutely against contraception. And anybody in the Old Testament was put to death for it. And in the New Testament, the New Covenant, in these days, we don't put the perpetrator to death. We put the innocent fruit of that um, sexual um, account to death. Shame on us. As a people as a nation, and the United States has spread its evil throughout the entire world. Beloved, we're coming uh, up against our second break. We'll have a full half hour, and you are welcome to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart, toll free or text, text or call at one 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Um, <clears throat> we have an email from someone who writes in um, uh, and oh there's the music. So we this is a very important email. It has to do with the rosary. It's from John and I think um, I think the answer is going to be very important uh, for all of us, Catholics and non-Catholics, especially if you're Protestant, or if you're a Catholic who doesn't fully understand the Rosary and thinks that we worship Mary, which we do not, we worship God alone. Um, so we will take that when we come back, but we will first take your calls uh, at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or um, go ahead and email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the station of the cross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Prayer of Deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexual We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. We have an entire half hour all to ourselves and you are welcome to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. We're coming up on a three-day weekend. Um, <clears throat> and um, I'm, I'm here today. Uh, I think um, we will not be Station of the Cross. We'll be running um, other programs on Monday, July 4th, so it'll be four days until we're together again. So call in now with anything on your heart. If you wish, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Does never need to be what we're speaking about. Toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. <clears throat> we have an email from John who writes, Hello mother, I would like to know something about the rosary specifically the five glorious mysteries. I understand the first three, which is the resurrection, the ascension, and the descent of the Holy Spirit. And the passages it states after in my Bible are Mark 16.6, Mark 16.9, Acts 2.4. And there are other passages too, John, which I I think you know. Um, 
But he says, when it comes to the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, I do not understand the Bible and Genesis 3.15, which says, I will establish hostility between you and the woman, between your line and her line. Her offspring will crush your head and you will bruise his feet. Please explain that for me, as I sure hope my Bible is a Catholic Bible, and this is the second one I've bought. As my wife said, my first one was missing books in it. I listen to you all the time as I drive from my work and have learned a lot from you. Thank you for being there for me. May God bless you and keep you safe and on the air forever. How sweet. Thank you, yours in Christ, John. God bless you. God bless you, dear, dear brother. In the, um, in, the, in the book of Genesis, um, Adam and Eve sinned. As you know, they ate from the forbidden tree and they, they fell from grace. And God came um, and he gave them, he chastised them. And to the woman, he said, or rather to the serpent, to the serpent who tricked them into sin, it, that became the original sin from which the rest of us uh, derived our sinful nature. And to the serpent, he said, just as you write here, I will establish hostility between you and the woman, you, Satan, and the woman who is Eve, between your line and her line, other translations say between your seed and her seed, same thing. Her offspring will crush your head, Satan. That is the seed of the woman will crush the head of Satan and you, Satan, will bruise his heel. That refers to the cross. Um, It refers to defeating Satan at the cross because the seed of the woman ultimately from Eve all the way through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, um, Judah, David, to Christ. The seed is the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God. And the offspring of the woman will crush your head, Satan, your head, Satan, and you, Satan, your offspring, your line, your seed, will bruise his heel. Well, um, our Lord's heel was bruised on the cross, but the seed of the woman, who was Christ, completely crushed his head and dealt a final blow to the devil. That's what that means. That's a prophecy of the cross, that the seed of the woman would be victorious in conquering death and Satan and hell. Um, And so... um, Okay, let me just see... Um, if your Bible is a Catholic Bible, um, it's the second one you've bought, it'll have 73 books in it. Not 66, but 73. Um, Martin Luther single-handedly threw out seven books plus two of other books, Daniel and Esther. He threw them out of the Bible at the Reformation single-handedly. He decided that the Bible for 1,500 years, the canon of Scripture put together in the 4th of 5th centuries by Catholics, popes, bishops, all Catholic, um, the canon of Scripture, he decided those books shouldn't be there. And one of the reasons is that the, um, the Jewish authorities, so-called, um, threw out the same books because they did not 
uh, by that time, they could not get hold of a Hebrew original, and so they threw them out of their canon, and Martin Luther decided, now these were unbelieving Jews who rejected the Messiah, and Martin Luther decided that they know what they're doing, so he made what became the Protestant Bible match the Jewish canon. But our Lord Jesus uh, had the Septuagint, which is the original canon that the church put together. Martin Luther himself said, if it weren't for the Catholic Church, we wouldn't have the scriptures, all of them. So um, make sure you have 73 books in your Bible, John, and um, that would be uh, that would be good. You know what I'd like to do? Um, we don't have a caller on the line right now. Tom Nash is an outstanding Catholic apologist. He writes for Catholic Answers and Catholic World Report and... Um, he's an author of many books. He's just absolutely outstanding. And um, let me just see where he's got this. He wrote an article. It's at Catholic.com, and he wrote it last year, <clears throat> Encountering Jesus Through the Rosary. And the sum of it is the rosary reaffirms that Catholicism, properly understood, begins and ends with Jesus. Um This article is a bit lengthy. Um, I'm going to see if I can read it, and I'll keep checking back for your calls, because this is instructive for many Catholics as well who don't pray the rosary, who think, uh, who believe Protestant arguments that it's just rote prayer, um, repetition, that uh, God is is against vain repetition. Well, he is against vain repetition. He's not against repetition. Read read Psalm 136. His mercies are new every morning, every other line. God is not against repetition. Uh, Isaiah says, little by little, line upon line, we learn. No, no. But he's against vain repetition. And meditation on the rosary is the meditation on the life of Christ, beginning and end. It is not vain. Um, to meditate on the life of Christ. And Tom writes, a friend of mine calls the rosary the gospel on a string. It is an apt description for this fruitful devotion in which we meditate on the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ, the God-man who came to redeem mankind and offer us the gift of eternal salvation. Now, let me say, if you grew up in a Catholic home and you had a fit Catholic mother and father, would they not have directed you to know the life of Jesus, to love him, to meditate on what he did for us? That's what our Jewish mother gave us in the rosary, that we would understand the life of her son and be drawn to him and love him, know him and love him more deeply. Tom Nash continues, we might also describe the rosary as a uh, uh, contemplative catechism, for we deepen our relationship with Jesus and his church through reflecting on key events of his life, his conception, birth, boyhood, preaching the kingdom, and instituting the Eucharist, his suffering and death, and his triumph over sin and death in rising from the dead. After his resurrection, we reflect on his sending the Holy Spirit and welcoming his mother into heaven as his greatest disciple and queen of heaven and earth. Beloved, 
If you know all the mysteries of the Holy Rosary, you know the life of Christ more than any Protestant you're going to meet. In short, Tom Nash says, the Rosary reaffirms that Catholicism, again, properly understood, begins and ends with Jesus. In the same vein, our devotion to Mary, not worship of, you know, if you read old books, pre-Vatican II, many times they use the word worship, even worship of Mary. But it's an old word that's a combination of two words, meaning worth-ship. We give um, the honor to whom it is due. That's all it means. We honor Mary. If we worship her in the old, true sense of the word, the, the meaning has changed through the centuries. But if we give her the worth she is due, that is worship. It's not adoration that belongs to God alone. Um, <clears throat> In the same vein, our devotion to Mary flows from her being the mother of God. And Christianity is not simply rooted in something Jesus did 2,000 years ago, a finished event from which we can still draw saving grace. Rather, the faith is rooted in a redemptive sacrifice that continues in his resurrection and culminates in everlasting glory at Christ's ascension as he always lives to make intercession for us in heaven itself now. The rosary reminds us that Jesus is the high priest of heaven offering his one and only sacrifice, which becomes present on earth every time we heed Christ in offering the Eucharist. As Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And we partake of his body and blood in the new covenant Passover lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And again, we won't go into the sacrifice right now um, of his death, uh, and the and the Eucharist, his body, blood, soul, and divinity, which he left to us at the Last Supper and said to his disciples, his first priests, do this in remembrance of me. Um, the Eucharist, again, is not the re-sacrifice of Christ. He was sacrificed once for all, but is the representation, the being made present of the once-for-all sacrifice of Christ brought through time, through the consecration, the words of the priest, um, down to every altar of every Catholic church throughout the world. Tom Nash says, indeed, as he promised, Jesus is with us until the end of the age, most especially in the Eucharist and the other sacraments. Praying the rosary helps us better appreciate and access these great gifts of our Lord, these great gifts that our Lord continues to dispense through his church. Okay, I'm just continue to check back to make sure there's no one holding on the line. Jesus also gives us his mother, Mary, the exemplar of Christianity. My name is Mother Mary, Mother Miriam, because Miriam is Mary's Hebrew name. Jesus also gives us his mother, Mary, the exemplar of Christianity, to accompany us on this meditative journey through the four sets of rosary mysteries, the joyful, the luminous, the sorrowful, and the glorious. Now, some 
of you more traditional Catholics. Um, I certainly consider myself one, but some of you uh, have rejected the luminous mysteries given to us through Pope St. John Paul II. Um, yeah, that's, uh, we can go on for a while about that, and you reject the luminous mysteries because you feel if our mother wanted us to have them, she would have included them in the first set she gave us. Um, that may be the case. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard someone say that they don't like the Catholic Church because it's so dogmatic? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, You cannot live without dogmas. You cannot act for 24 hours without making a decision based on some deeply held belief that you cannot prove. Man can be defined as an animal that makes dogmas. Trees have no dogmas. Turnips are singularly broad-minded. In truth, there are only two kinds of people. Those who accept dogmas and know it, and those who accept dogmas and don't know it. So when someone objects to the Catholic Church for being too dogmatic, it only means that they are dogmatic against it, even though they have no idea what their own dogmas are. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Help bring many more people closer to our Lord by letting them know about Catholic Radio. One of the simplest ways to promote Catholic Radio is by displaying a bumper magnet on your car. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio on the road. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you, and this is our last segment. We haven't had a single caller today. Maybe our Lord really wanted us to read this article. Um, 
And again, if you have anything on your heart, we have 10 minutes. You're welcome to call in toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the com. I'm going to return to this article by Tom Nash. It's really excellent on the rosary um, to dispel any idea that um, the last two um, uh, mysteries of the... Uh, the glorious mysteries, Our Lady's Assumption um, and Her Coronation, are they are biblical and they are absolutely Christian. And our Lord, like any good Jewish man, wants us to know his mother, and his mother, like any good Jewish mother, wants we should know her son. She would say, do I have a son for you? Um, and she has said that over and over again. And Thomas Nash, who wrote this article, says, Mary welcomes Jesus from the beginning of his earthly mission, and her assumption and coronation illustrate that Jesus fulfills his salvific promises, and his mother is God-qualified to intercede on our behalf. I know that's another issue that we can intercede for one another, but we certainly can. Second Timothy says so. Uh, in fact, we're ordered to intercede, to pray for. That's what we do when we pray. Kings and, and rulers and all of that. Um, that's what intercession is when we pray for one another. Uh, we intercede for one another before God. And Tom Nash says, <clears throat> From the Annunciation, Mary testifies that God is the object of our worship in the Rosary responding to the angel Gabriel. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary thus expresses a lifelong commitment to doing God's will, proclaiming at her visitation that all generations will call me blessed. Also at the wedding of Cana, in reference to her divine son, she faithfully advises the servants and us, by extension, do whatever he tells you, given her model discipleship which she exemplifies all the way to the cross and beyond the Lord highly exalts Mary as scripture attests Mary is not simply the mother of God but the spiritual mother of all Christ's disciples Um, Revelation says her offspring those who keep the commandments of God and bear testimony to Jesus. Those are her offspring. Revelation twelve seventeen, John nineteen twenty six and 27. Um, and you know at the council, I'm adding this here, of Ephesus, um, she was declared, the, the argument was on the nature of Christ, whether he was man or God, and uh, to solve the problem, they titled Mary, Theotokos, Theotokos means God-bearer. And if Mary is the God-bearer, then Jesus is God. She bared, she bore God. Like any good mother, Tom says, Mary seeks the good of her children, which means helping them attain heaven in opposition to the devil who seeks their destruction. Because of Mary's concern for her spiritual offspring, we invoke her assistance in the Holy Rosary now and at the hour of her death. Amen. Just one moment here. Okay. We have just a few minutes left, and again, no calls, so I'll continue for just a little bit here. We do have a caller. Okay, let me me see. Hold on just a moment. Um, 
Oh, we have Maria in Canada. Hi, Maria. Hi, Brother Miriam. Thank you so much for your program. You have no idea how much you have helped me with my life with uh, um, listening to you every day. Blessed be God, Maria. I um I have four children, four boys. Mm-hmm. They are grown up. My youngest doesn't believe in God. Is same as his wife. Well, they are not married in the church, of course. Um, they just had a baby, ten ten days old baby. Um who they are not planning to baptize. So mm-hmm. I thought that the only thing I said, you're going to raise your baby like a chicken. Um, I I spoke to two priests, uh, and some uh, one was a long time ago, and he said, don't say anything to him, don't mention religion, just pray, pray, pray. No, no, I no. I spoke to other priests, and he said, be a thorn on his side. Neither. You have to. Yeah. No. So I don't know. Neither one. You don't say. You don't say. I know. I'm. I'm disagreeing with both priests. You don't say silent, because you would be at fault. But you don't have to be a thorn in anyone's side. Let God be the thorn, not us. Um, I would sit down with both of them, and I would, um, without. Uh, hollering without um, putting them down with no emotion or anger say I, I love you and I need you to know I know you don't believe this but hell is real whether you believe it or not and your child is born into original sin and you haven't baptized that little baby and if that little baby dies apart from baptism that little baby is going to be in hell and both of you will be as well so you'll be together as a family but you won't be together in hell Um, that is the road you're on and if you're going to reject our lord um, i would beg you to find out who it is that you're rejecting right faith is a gift um and and um but this is very very serious if the faith is true if what i as your mother and your mother-in-law and the grandparent to your child if it is true um that our lord sent his son to earth that jesus is god um he said unless you believe in me you will die forever in eternity you will not have life in me and so you claim to love one another but love doesn't send someone to hell uh you're sending one another to hell and you're sending your baby to hell i know you don't believe it but i don't know what i can do to help you but you need to at least know that it's not my opinion Uh, it is my religion but it's a religion given by the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God, who came to earth, who died for our sins, and rose to give us life. So don't tell them they're going to raise a chicken. Tell them they are raising a human, full, beautiful human being who God created in uh, your son's wife's womb. God created that beautiful human being, and God created them in her womb, and has given that baby life. And God created that baby to have life. But they are taking that child and thrusting her into hell apart from the life of God. Explain we are born into the world, separated from God. And if we die that way, we will be separated from him for all eternity. 
they are raising a human being made in the image of God, and their plan is to bring that baby to hell. And they're going to say, we're not planning that, and we, should, we need to say we are, because you have a child in your arms that is born into original sin, and if he or she dies that way, she will be separated from God forever. You need to baptize her, and for the baptism to be true, you need a godparent, and you need to promise to raise that child in the faith. These are the facts. You can choose to ignore them, but don't call that love. Not love for one another, not love for your baby. So, Maria, speak to them in love. It is the kindness of God that brings us to repentance. Okay, Maria, dear one, God bless you. God bless you all, and have a wonderful weekend and a blessed July 4th. God bless you.